Okay, welcome to episode 15 of Running Matters. I'm joined by co-host Paul Hadfield. How you going, Hattie? Thanks for coming in. Thanks for having me again, Wolf. Mate, huge show today. Um, Stephen Redfern, I'm pretty excited about it. Yeah, me too. He's a... Looks like he's got a great story to tell. Pretty impressive local runner. So, yeah, it'd be good to uh, hear his story, get some tips maybe. You can mine him for some information again. I'll be mining. It's my new specialty. <laughs> you know it, Brendan, if you're listening. I just listened to the uh, Brendan Davies podcast, actually. He was, he was a great interviewee. Yeah, really likeable sort of a bloke. Good job. Top bloke. Yeah. Top bloke. Yeah. Okay, so... Um, before we get into thanking our partners, I need to do a shout out to Jimmy Carroll, who has been helping me edit the sound and basically sort out the recording. So you knew you got here just five minutes ago. I'm on the phone with him, downloading programs and stuff. So he's been very helpful. So thank you, Jimmy. It's uh, you've been invaluable uh, assisting us with this big, big help. And moving right along, so to thank our partners today, um, Filter Brewing. We're always grateful for your beer and giveaways and also Goo Energy. And we'll be giving away a box of Goose this program and we'll get into that competition when we chat to Steve shortly. And yourself as the most recent partner. So welcome aboard. Thanks for uh, becoming a partner, Hattie. Tell us a bit about your organisation. Oh, thanks, mate. So... My uh, my practice is called Guy Me Allied Health Health Centre, um, so I thought, yeah, if I'm going to get involved, we may as well go the whole whole hog, jump in in the deep end. So yeah, happy to help out the podcast. So we've we've been around as a as a health centre since 1979 in Guy so servicing Sutherland Shire. Love seeing runners, uh, love running myself, so I certainly love treating them, helping them out. And we've got a bunch of services there: chiropractors, massage therapists. Ex-phys, podiatry, psychology for when uh, everything else fails, I guess. Uh, and then dietetics and nutrition, Pilates. So a bit of a one-stop shop for all that stuff. So, yeah, we'll jump on the Running Matters bandwagon and uh, we'll, we'll be offering a 10% discount off our services for, for anyone who comes in and mentions the podcast. So Beautiful. Yeah. Very generous. I know you fixed me up a few times and I'm always grateful. So uh, I'm sure you'll fix up the others as well. All right, what else are we talking about? How's your training going? Mate, good. So far, so good. Knocked out 110 k's last week, so that's a that's a big, big week for me. Um, still going by the uh, slow is better heart rate sort of stuff. Just keeping it keeping it cruisy. Not too many sessions. But yeah, feeling good. Knocked out a good Hellman loop the other day. Got myself a PR up the wall down at Helensburg, so chasing your uh, skinny butt up the hill. It nice. was very motivating. Yep. Um, but yeah, I think going good. Five weeks out from six foot track, everything's uh, everything's moving along. What about you, mate? Same, mate. Just plodding along and um, not really thinking about the rest of the year. Actually, I haven't thought about any other event but six foot, but that keeps the focus. You know, you've got to keep the fire burning. So I just want to get this race over and done with and then consider what races I'll do later in the year. Yep. But I do have some races to talk about um, that Shri Shinmoy are putting in around Sydney. Um, yeah, I'll get to that shortly. But um, 
Yeah, all the training's going good, mate. Enjoy, good. Enjoying it. Yep, yep. You've uh, put yourself down into a beer lockdown yet before the big race? or you? Let me answer that question for you. Uh, nah. uh, uh. Being good to the sponsors. The yeah. f- filter red today, the session ale. Filter red. Um, yeah, I've seen these at the bottle, the red cans. Mm. And um, What's your favourite so far? This may be my favourite. It's... Um, it tastes a bit, a bit like an IPA. What do you reckon? It tastes a bit like an IPA. Like it's, it's a bit of flavour, but it's not, it's not heavy. It's still got that fruity taste, like the XBA that they do. The session ale is always a little bit of an indicator. You know, you can have a few of them. Yeah. yeah. Um, I haven't tried all the, all the colours yet. How many are there? Four. Four. And four and a stout. Okay. Very good. Yep. I know this is, this is delicious. Yeah, it's good. Eh? Thanks, filter. Thanks, filter. So, um, should we talk about those upcoming events? So, the Sri Shinmoy, the, the Sydney... So, they're, they're a national organisation as well. So, I'm just talking about Sydney races, but they've got races in... I think they're international, actually. International? Yeah, I think they're everywhere. Yeah, could, it's could, a bit of a re- religion, you know, overseas as well. So. I be, oh, yeah, I believe so. So, I was just going to mention the Sydney races, mm. um, because the majority of your listeners are in Sydney. But, if you're not have a look on their website and you can see the, the race, look up their races in other states. But Sheree Shinmoy is spelled S-R-I and then Shinmoy, C-H-I-N-M-O-Y because it's a bit of a funny name. Look them up. And the other thing is it's really cheap to mm. do a race. Like you can do a half marathon for 30 bucks. And if you get a series, you can buy a series pass to do, because they've got races that go from March to July, so they've got five five months in a row, one race every month, and um, you can mix it up or do the series, and you save money by registering to do the series. So that's a really good option, but it might even be as cheap as twenty bucks a race. So that's pretty pretty good value for money. We've done a few of the races uh, in the national park, and I've also done one in Centennial Park as well. And they're a great event. Like it's it's just a good atmosphere. They put on pancakes and things at the end. Fitting in, yeah. They do Nutella pancakes. For nothing? Yeah. Or for it's all, no, it's included. Party entry. Yeah, it's a party entry. And what's interesting, they give trophies for the first seven people. Really? So it's just like they're bucking the trend of stopping at three. So the podium's seven. What, what's the significance of uh, the seventh place? Is that some sort of, I don't know, seems like some sort of religious number that I should know about? It's possible. Yeah. It's possible. But for those people that can never get on the podium, there's hope. It's very encouraging. <laughs> <Shin Moy. laughs> but, I mean, if you finish eighth, how disappointing well, would that be? You really, you know, you're the seventh loser, aren't you? So, so you yeah. don't really deserve it. <laughs> That's right. <laughs> so, much, so much slack that the uh, religion can give. <laughs> so the dates for these upcoming races, uh, 24th of March at Iron Cove, and that's a 4K, a 7K, and a 14K. Then on the 22nd of April, there's a race at Centennial Park, and that's a cross-country. So the Iron Cove one's on a bike path. The Centennial Park one is cross-country on grass. And trail, it's a four, a seven, and a half marathon. Then on the 5th of May, we've got the Royal National Park, which is down at Audley, 5K, a 10K, and a half marathon, 21. And then on the 9th of June, back to Iron Cove, they've got a 4K, 7K, and a half marathon. So the first one, they only went up to 14, but now they've got a half marathon on the 9th of June. And then on the 14th of July, it's at Dolls Point, which is nice and handy, a 5K, a 10K, and a half marathon. So you can do a half marathon nearly Hmm. every month, 
Is there a marathon with that one at Dolls Point as well? They used to have it, but they stopped. They used to have a marathon at Dolls Point, but they don't do it anymore. They can it. Yeah, okay. yeah. Ah, that's so, a shame. Yeah, yeah, because that's that was a great spot to yeah. do a flat marathon. You know, fifteen minutes from home. Yeah. So that was that was good. Any um, any races that you're considering thinking about or want to talk about this year? Oh, mate, I'll, after six foot, I'll probably do that Ultra Trail twenty two k. I reckon. Yep. Yeah. Um, I've done the 50 or the 100 a bunch of times, so try the short version. And that means I'm up there for the weekend, so I'll probably, um, I'll probably crew one of the boys trying to get up to the 100k distance. So Judge or, or Pup or maybe Hamo if he's, uh, if he's in need. Um, yeah, I'd like to see it from the other side of things and yeah, have a little crack at the fast version of the UTA course, I suppose. See how the quads stand up to 8k's of punishing downhill down Kadumba. We'll see. Yeah, that's the um, that's the the hard task, isn't it? That twenty two, mm. like you've got eight k's of down, which smashes the quads, but then you turn around, you got to come back straight up. Straight up, yeah, straight up. That's not that's not a half marathon you want to do for the first time, is it? It's funny because so many people do do it as their first half marathon or their first trail long race. It's a it's a tough choice for your first long run. Do you reckon if anyone did as a training run, they would choose to do it? No. I don't reckon. <laughs> I don't reckon either. I don't reckon. It's like, it's got none of the scenic parts of the rest of the course. You're just down in the valley and then, you know, grinding up the other side. And you come out of the blocks and you run downhill for 8Ks on rough track. It's bloody tough. So, anyway, wouldn't be my first choice of trail marathon, I guess. So just to, just to clarify, that's in May, the Blue Mountains. That's in May, yep. Yeah, the weekend then, of UTA. Yeah, yeah, the Friday. They chuck it on the day before so you can do, you can go and watch the other races, I guess. And it's probably a good little system. They probably get their 50Ks for the next year out of it who want to keep yeah. build, building up. So, yeah. And then they get your support guys that want to be involved somehow. Yeah, yeah. Yeah, so have a go at that. I might have a go at that Dolls Point thing in June. That sounded good. July. July. Yeah. July. Yeah, that's the weekend yeah. after the Royal Double Ultra. So yeah. don't wear out, you know, don't put all your eggs in one basket. No, You'll be a bit tired a after. B race, of yeah. course. Yeah, yeah. Of course. Yeah, that might be a good recovery event. I heard you got, you got Brendan to commit to 250Ks. He's, he's totally committed. Okay. Yeah. Well done. Yeah. That's that's impressive. Yeah, a cart and a field, I got him over the line. That's all it takes. Is anyone's? I'd do it. For, I'd do it for that too. <laughs> <laughs> I hope I don't have to give everyone a cut. It's going to get generous sponsors though. Generous, generous sponsors. sponsors. Uh, speaking of generous sponsors, um, you, you, you're popping through a lot of K's at the moment. Uh, how many goos have you been charging through? Good question. So I'm only using the goos on really my long run on Sunday. Okay. So. I did a track session yesterday morning, and I just had one before the track session, um, and and the only other time I'm using them is um, yeah before long run Sunday. Okay. And only because that's you're up and down hills and you're breathing heavy the whole time, and but it didn't sound like you were breathing heavy on Sunday. <laughs> just to put the listeners' mind at ease. Yeah, all the goose. Yeah, it must have kept the, bre- kept the breath down. But uh, yeah, to answer your question. Um, yeah, just I, only if I know that I'm sort of up and down hills yeah, right. um, and going to be out of breath and that sort of thing. Because that's the only time you need them really, isn't it? When you, if you're... What was it? Uh, lacking oxygen. Yeah, if, you, if you're breathing heavy, you're burning sugar, Yeah, I guess. Oxygen yeah. debt. So that's... 
Makes sense. That's, yeah, that's when I use them. So, um, yeah, but I'll go through three or four for a long run. Yeah, okay. Yeah. So you're ticking them off every 45 or something like yeah, that? Yeah, I think I, I go eight every eight Ks. Okay. By so, Ks, right. Yeah, yeah. I just look, that's easy. Every mm. eight Ks, look down as a guide. Yeah. So, yeah, it works. Simple. Yeah, pretty easy. Yeah, I'm sort of like a half hour guy. I reckon every half hour I chuck one down. Yeah. On the long run. Yeah, yeah. Nothing else. I don't bother with them otherwise. Yeah. yeah. I do that in the race, every half hour in the race. Yeah. Definitely. Big yeah. fan. What else? What else? Um, what about the rest of the dietary stuff, mate? How's the veggie stuff going? Well, don't worry about the veggie stuff because it's a bit hit and miss. Is that right? Uh, I reckon I'm 80%. 80, you're following the 80-20 rule with your vegetarian. Yeah, so I well. brought it from the training over to the diet. Well, yeah. it makes a lot of sense. I think um, that's probably the best way to be a vegetarian is eat a little bit of meat. <laughs> I don't want to discriminate against <laughs> that's right. the animals. No, I just find, well, firstly, being home with family and if a meal's prepared for me <clears> and there's meat in the meal, I'm not going to turn my nose up to it. So Sal makes a nice lasagna. Who am I to say, no thanks, I'll, uh, I'll just make myself a salad because I might start sleeping on the lounge. And it's bad for the back, you'll end up at Guy Allied Health. Yeah. I'll have to sort you out again. That's right. So I've got, go. I've, got to, uh, I've, got to think, I've got to think about the uh, big picture. <laughs> Your pee, which is a six-foot track. Yeah, okay. And uh, sleeping well. So a bit of meat helps the family life. That's right, yeah. 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 But if I had the option, I reckon I'd be going as much as possible on the veg. I wake up feeling lighter, put it that way, when yeah, I haven't yeah. had a meat. But that's it's a personal thing. <laughs> anyway, um, what, what I've got, but I do have a weight loss tip. Oh, right. Yeah, yeah. Apart from being vegetarian 80% of the time, yeah. a separate tip. That will help. I've got a separate tip. So my tip is just eat fruit before lunch. <laughs> this, is, this is big. You watch I, it fall off. I've, I've heard this tip before, or read this tip before. Yeah. Um, yeah, yeah. It's a cleanse too, Yeah. as I, as I sip my filter. No, 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 I reckon you can do that. Mm. Um, it can't be bad for you, can it? No, no, no. Yeah. No. Nine out of ten cavemen can't be wrong. Yeah. yeah. That's right. Bit of fruit in the morning. Yeah. So what are you, what, what's your routine? So I will, because I'm always hungry, which makes it really hard. So I, when I say just fruit in the morning, plus two coffees. Okay. Uh, so coffee, fruit, fruit, coffee, fruit. Alternate. Right. Yeah, yeah. So okay. basically I'm just scratching my skin until lunchtime because <laughs> it's so hard to do. But you'll get results. You're losing weight though. It's yeah, yeah. That's the important I mean, yeah, part. Big picture. Yeah. You're a big picture guy. Okay, there's probably something to that, like a processed sort of cereals and breads and stuff like that in the morning. Yeah, it can't be a bad thing. Detox. Yeah. Detox. Yeah. You're looking You're looking detoxed. Thanks, mate. Yeah. It's the only reason I brought it up to get that compliment. <laughs> the skin's looking fresh. It must be working, mate. Thanks. It must be working. What about um, the heat in Sydney running for the last couple of weeks? How are you coping with the, the humidity, the heat? Well, I'm a morning guy, so I get up. Five run at five thirty every morning, so I'm normally done by seven thirty eight mm. most mornings, and so you avoid the worst of it. Yeah, most people that have real jobs <laughs> don't have that luxury of finishing so late. 
So, you know, they've got to run uh, in, the d- in the day or afternoon or whatever. Yeah. So, you know, my sympathies to those people. Keep the country running. But... Someone's got to do it. Someone's got to do it. Yeah, someone's got to do it. But no, for me, it has, hasn't really affected me, to be honest. Yeah. What about yourself? Mate, I'm battling. Um, my, my standard running time is like between 12 and 2 in the middle of the day because that's when, you know, work shuts down for a couple of hours. So, mate, getting out on the tracks in the National Park at the moment is just murder. It's like a 1,000% humidity and 35 degrees. So... I think I'm well conditioned for the heat anyway. So if six foot track's a bit hot, look out. Yeah. I'm ready for it. You'll be ready to go. <laughs> but just sweating buckets at the moment. So I reckon everyone's a bit sort of chronically dehydrated. At the, yeah, it's it's tough. Tough yeah. to get through the case. But anyway, the poor man's altitude training, they call it. <laughs> it is very draining, isn't it? <laughs> it is very draining. So, so uh, any books? you read any books lately? But I am. I've stayed away from the running books for a bit. My my wife is a she's just a devourer of books. She just turns through them like crazy. So I get like a little off cast every now and then. You should read this. You should read this. So I'm reading the Lincoln Lawyer at the moment, which is a I think it's a Matthew McConaughey movie as well. But it's a good book. Bit of a twist on the standard courtroom drama. Bit of murder. Yeah. Yeah. But yeah, it just, just helps put me to sleep. I get through about five pages and I'm, I'm snoring. So yeah, good it takes me a while to read a book, actually. Good way to unwind, isn't it? Yeah, what about you? Um, so I just finished one this week. David Goggins, Can't Hurt Me. Get on, uh, yeah, yeah, get yeah. on to that. That's that Marine, American Marine guy. Uh, he's an ultra runner. Yep. He's won a few. Uh, and he's Run done bad water, didn't he? Yeah, he's done bad water. He's done the Hurt 100. He's done quite a few. And... You know he's won he's won a few races. I can't tell you which races he's won, but he's a serious guy. Like he's some good some good tips in there just about hardening up. You know, so I'd recommend that to anyone. Great read. Mm. And then I've just picked up Shoe Dog by Phil Knight, and he's a guy that started Nike. Yeah. And it's the whole story back in the sixties when he started selling shoes out the back of his car, and um, now it's like a three hundred dollar three hundred billion dollar business yeah, yeah, yeah. a year so three hundred dollars for one of your pairs of uh yeah pegasus or whatever you're wearing four percenters four percenters <laughs> how are the four percenters working out on the trail oh man I, firstly i could not afford a pair yeah, how much are they feeding it's, it's 350, yeah. 350 yeah wow. hammer's got two <laughs> didn't like the color of the first one or? no pink, <laughs> pink and blue just to match his shorts <laughs> So, uh, I, I listened to that Dave Goggins on a couple of podcasts, actually. He's a hard ass. Like, yeah. he loves loves to suffer by the sound of things. So yeah. you definitely learn something from him, I guess. Yeah, yeah, well, that's you can take away a lot from that, hey, because mm. we're in the business of suffering when you're out running for 50 or 100 Ks. Yeah, yeah, yeah. It looks like a big dude to run hundreds of Ks, though. Like, he's a muscly dude. He's not, yeah. He's not built for it, I guess. Yeah. I don't, well, I suppose you can do... Like, his motto is you can do anything. Mm. Yeah. His thing is, what if? He holds a record for amount of chin-ups done in a day or something? Yeah. So, it's a 24-hour period. Yeah. And, look, I can't think of the figure. But, yeah, it's... Uh, how many did he do? Like, 4,000. <laughs> yeah, yeah. Like, it's four, over 4,000. Um, yeah. What do you have to do? You had to do four every minute for 24 hours, four chin-ups. 
Yeah, right. Yeah, every minute. Okay. Every minute. Yeah. So what, that's what, hard. How do you reckon Judge would go in that? He's got one and a half chin ups in him. That's what he reckons. Yeah. <laughs> I've seen him try. He just can't get past that half. Yeah. <laughs> I think you'd have to work on it. Like I think, <laughs> I think there may you know you may need some conditioning, some training. <laughs> but uh, yeah, it's not. Mate, is there anything harder than chin ups? That's a that's a hard task, that one. No, nah, mate, I find a piece of cake. What are you talking about? Yeah. <laughs> I think I'm the reigning uh, Matt North birthday champion. Yeah, yeah. <laughs> yeah. Speaking of chin-ups, I, uh, my, my latest podcast, I've been listening to the Lance Armstrong podcast, The Forward. So he just did an interview with Alex Honnold, so I reckon he'd probably knock out 4,000 chin-ups in a day as well. So he's this... Um, this world-renowned climber. I don't know if you've heard of him. He's got a, a movie out called Free Solo at the moment. So he's uh, climbed up El Capitan, which is like a pretty iconic climb in Yosemite National Park, and he's done it without ropes. So I think the first time they climbed up it, it took him 43 days, and he's just knocked it out on his own without ropes in under four hours. Really? Yeah. Spider-Man. Yeah, totally. So 3,000 feet of elevation gain or something. He's climbed like sheer cliff. Yeah. And so someone's documented him in the lead up to that and the climb itself. So it was unreal. So, yeah, recommend listening to that one. Um, He actually sort of out-dudes Lance Armstrong. He doesn't get, you know intimidated by the guy which most of his interview interviewees get pretty intimidated for some reason but yeah Alex Honnold just the coolest guy ever just yeah he matched it with Lance and then and then some so yeah it was epic good listen definitely worth the listen and I reckon the movie would be sensational like yeah just some serious views and scary shit yeah cool It's amazing when you hear stories like that and people just come out and do these incredible things. And yeah, yeah, yeah. This guy's a freak. Like, yeah, incredible. Hands like just Goliath, just grabs on anything. So, and you had to sort of be 2,000 feet up in the air on a sheer rock and just still be able to concentrate and keep climbing. It's, it's all time. What's his six foot time? <laughs> Mate, I, I can't imagine he's got much going in the leg department. Yeah. Let's move on, eh? <laughs> <laughs> All right, good. So, um, should we go to our listener question? Hmm. Yeah, for sure. We're getting a few of these coming. We've got a few. We've actually had to screen them because we had too many, but we've got. Um, we've got. We're just going to do. We're going to do, we'll do one now and we'll do one with Steve when he comes in. Yeah, yeah. So yeah. Um, this one's from, it's just called, called hashtag the florist 78. So I'm not sure who it is, but it says, I'm a 40-year-old. I still live at home with my mum and dad. Mum often puts my fluoro red shorts in with my white running socks and singlets. And I end up with pink socks and singlets. Should I say anything? Should I complain? It's a good question, Florist. Yeah. It, it probably speaks to a couple of deeper problems than just pink socks, but um, I guess for starters, why are you wearing white trail socks? That's just yuck. Do you ever wear white socks out there? I've just started this week, but can we keep going? No, that's wrong. <laughs> that's wrong. It is going to get dirty anyway, and it's just not a good look. Mm. Um, you should definitely say something. I mean, you, you're living with your folks anyway, I, I guess... 
you're past the point of not talking about it. Just get in there. Give mumsy a hurry up, I reckon. Yeah. I wouldn't say anything. Just be grateful that mum's doing your washing and not your wife. (laughs) Well, you've got two options there, don't you, I suppose? That's right, yeah. 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 Anyway, I'll I'll keep an eye out for the pink socks over the uh, coming weeks. Yeah. Yeah. I'd say something myself. Would you? Yeah, you can't run around in that rubbish. Socks are expensive. Yeah, that's true. Especially what he'd be buying. Yeah, that's right. But if he says anything, he risks... The washing being done and then maybe he's not getting his wife to do it because he doesn't want to find out his wife that, you know, he's running twice a day, every day. Oh, right. The secret, yeah. yeah. Sunday secret washing session where you put in 14 pairs of uh, socks. Yeah. And yeah, yeah. Yeah, yeah, yeah. That, that's, that's probably a, a podcast in itself, you know. How do you get around your, your wife and her, um, yeah, her knowledge of your 14 run-a-week habit? Yeah. Mm. Anyway, we, we don't really have an answer for you. It's, you've, you've polarised us. We, you know, you're all for yeah, have, say something. I'm all for no, just keep living the dream. Yeah, yeah. So, um, yeah I'm just jealous, I guess. It's a good question. Yeah. <laughs> are you jealous that he's living at home? Or are you the pink jealous? socks. Oh. No, 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 living at home. Oh, yeah. Yeah, 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 yeah. It's nice. Good question, though. Good question. Good question. Should we talk about um, their latest Norg Handicap? I think... We've had we've had another race since last time I came on the show. Definitely. So second, Norg, Norg handicap number five. So we're starting to refine the process a little bit now. I think we had about twenty five runners last time, didn't we? Yeah. Yep. It's getting popular. Yep. Open to um, everyone. Yep. Yep. Had uh, sister Casey come out and take it out by very slim margin, two seconds over Pommy Daz. So good handicapping. Magnificent from Johnny Mack. He's put all his accounting, accountancy knowledge uh, to good use, I suppose, for once. Well done, mate. Um, everyone finished in a pretty tight bunch there. I think Hamo came over the line in third, steaming home. Um, I think he ran about a 17.30 for 5Ks, which is pretty sharp on the trail. Something. Sharp in pink socks. Yeah. Yeah, that's impressive. Yep. What do, you, what do you think about... It's the first time Norg Handicap's been opened up to, to some girls. We had Casey, Sarah, Lisa. Yep. Did, did, it, did it add to the mix? Did it subtract? Were you worried? Could no. You... I th- you know, I think, I think it's great. Um, and decent runners, all, all decent runners. Mm. So uh, it was good for them to uh, show up some of the boys that were there. Yep. Um, and, uh, yeah, I thought, I thought it was awesome. I thought it was good, good showing. Do you yeah. feel like you needed to tone down your language at all, or were you pretty free and easy? Um, I can't really remember. It's, um, no, I, I don't think. I don't think so. I don't think I care. <laughs> I think I think those three girls probably keep up with the best of them. Yeah. Anyway, so yeah, yeah so, we're probably pretty safe. Yeah, yeah. I don't think they could be offended, to be honest. <laughs> anyway, it's good. Good. The Me Too Me Too era has hit Norg handicap. Hasn't it? Yeah. It's impressive. It, yeah. Come on, come on. Yeah. So, yeah. no, nah, it was good. Good turnout, good running, good talk. And what about the uh, the, the lead-up to the six-foot track with all the Nord boys and the bushies? You think uh, everyone's on track? You think anyone's lagging? With the what, sorry? Just with our training leading up. You think, to, um, to six foot? Yeah. Oh, I think everyone but Hammer. Yeah. <laughs> Still dodging hills? I think so. Um. Look, I think I think he'll do well in his fitness. I think some hills would have helped him. Yeah, I think listening to Brennan's podcast, he was talking about specificity. So, a couple of hills to get up in that race. 
Probably worth climbing a few. Yeah. I ran with Michelle last night, the Swiss machine. He was looking lean, looking light. I reckon he's a sub four hour guy. Yeah. I reckon Nor could have potentially three sub four hour six footers this year. It's good. It's not bad for the team event. Yeah. Yeah. I um I estimated that last week. I think when we're running, I said yeah. I think I think Michelle will go under four. Yeah, I re- I agree at this yeah. stage. And dark horse Danny Tool is uh, running strong. Yeah. Hey, we've got a solid team. Yeah. Good. Yeah. Who yeah. else? Who else have we mentioned that's doing? Marty Keys. Keysy. Menoyal. Yeah. Tall Paul. He's having a go. Tall Paul. Yeah. Coming coming home with a wet sail. Yeah. Coming into the race He'll with a wet sail. He does talk himself down. Yeah. Bit of a sandbagger he's a at sand, times. Oh, he's a sandbagger from way back. But I reckon he's, he's got the runs on the board. I think he'll be fine. There's uh, not too many people that have run under four hours. Four so t- many times. Four times. Yeah. Unbelievable record. Yeah. He's incredible. And Keys will be a gun as usual. Well, here's the thing. Will, him and Brendan Davies... Who's, well, I reckon they'll be tight, won't yeah, they? Yeah, yeah. It's hard to know what, what keys he's up to because he's got Black Ops going, so no one he really is, knows. He's a Black Ops merchant on yeah, Strava, isn't he? Yeah, now that I'm on Strava, yeah, I'm, yeah. I'm envious to know what, what other people are doing, you know? Now that you're on, you're free to bag the people that aren't on. Yeah, what's with the Black Ops shit? That's, yeah. That's rubbish. I agree. Yeah. <laughs> so, uh, yeah, so now I... Um, who do you think, Keys or Brendan Davies? Who are you going to tip? Oh, I got to be got to be loyal to my my local guy. I guess yep. I reckon Keys Keys will do it. Keysy this year, yeah, yeah, yeah. Low low three thirties. Yeah, yeah. I agree. So I'm going to put him. I reckon he's going to do. I think last year he did three thirty four, and the previous two years three thirty three. So I'm going to say three thirty two and take a couple of minutes off. That's exactly what I tipped Brendan Davies to run on our Facebook guessing competition. Yeah. Um, so we should quickly mention that, I suppose. Yeah. Jump on the Facebook page for Running Matters podcast and uh, put your tip in for for Brendan's six foot time. Win yourself a box of goose. I said 3.32, if that's any indication. Don't uh, snake me with 3.32.01. Did you put seconds down or did you leave it? No, I just left it at 3.32. Yeah, I think it's going to come down to seconds because... Yeah, well, it's going to be 3.32 flat. Flat, Yeah. confident. So don't bother putting it in because I'm going to get that box of goose. Okay, I can't really do it because I'm sort of looking after the giveaways. Oh. But I would go something similar. Mm. I would go something similar. But Keezy, I'm I'm just gonna I'm gonna say three thirty one. I reckon you'll just slide in. Keep him on the line. Yeah, I think he's sliding. He's due for a victory, so mm. so he's always training hard. So I'm sure he'll go well. Very good. Very good. All right. Well, uh, what else? Anything else you want to chat about before we um we we chat, Steve? Oh, do you have a bit of gear you wanted to talk about? Trying out a new running belt. I do. So the equipment that I want to talk about is the naked belt. Yeah. So it's a it's an elastic belt that goes around your waist. It's not a new thing, but this is um, you know like a definitely a, a fanny pack. It's a fanny. Oh yeah, without the zippers. God, that's a bad description. But <laughs> if you look up naked belt, you can you can get two of those sort of five hundred mil soft running um, drink bottles in there, and then also some gels as well, like at least half a dozen gels. It's got three big pockets, no zips. It's awesome. Since I got one off you, I think I said to you, I'll use it every run. So mm. it's awesome. So if you're looking for something to carry water in without having to use a backpack, 
you know, you could get away with a litre of those, those soft, soft flasks. What yeah. about yourself? Mate, I, I love it. I love the naked belt. I, um, thanks to a friend of the show, Andrew Lennon, for hooking us up with that one. Um, yeah, no, it doesn't bounce around, stays pretty tight. Yeah, you don't need to worry about backpacks for most of your runs, so it's good. It's good. I'm, I'm a fan of the naked. It might mean I can run shirtless for a six-foot track if, if it's hot enough. You love popping the bonnet. Pop the bonnet. Yeah. Going to get my Norg tattooed on the chest there and, um, yeah, go for gold, I reckon. I can't believe you're going to get a Norg tattoo just to win a box of goose before six-foot. That was next week's podcast, but you've released it early. <laughs> next week's competition was to get a Norg tattoo on your chest before six-foot and it'll, you've it'll committed be, to that. It'll be worth it for sure. I have uh, one more piece of equipment that I'd like to thank, and that's my, my new contact lenses. Haven't fallen on the trails all week. It's been spectacular. Um, yeah, highly recommend them for people as blind as me. <laughs> there you go. It's nice not to fall over when you're running. That's right. It's, it helps. It yeah. helps. Yeah. It helps me uh, to not stain the sheets with blood on a regular occasion. That's frowned upon in my household. <laughs> I hope you're listening, Paul Gillen. Last time we ran, you hit the deck hard tripping <laughs> over a tree root. And um, that was um, maybe it's time to get your eyes checked. Spec saves? As an accountant, I think he's probably staring at that screen a bit long and probably needs the specs. Yeah. Yeah. Good tip. Yeah. Good tip. Get into it. All right. Well, um, so if people want to follow us and keep up to date with the podcast, you can find us on Strava, Matt North and Paul Hadfield and also uh, running Matters Podcast Facebook page, follow us there and also when you're downloading our podcast, please follow us on that download as well and that way you get sent the updates when we download a new program. So that'd be great. So that was awesome. All right, we'll just... Stay tuned for Stephen coming up. Yeah, let's get him in here. Excellent. Steve Redfern, thanks for coming in. No problems, my no, pleasure. Nice to meet you. Good good to uh, finally catch up, finally meet you and uh, hear about some of your running stories. Thank you. Uh, Paul, do you want to fire away first? Yeah, yeah. Thanks for coming, Steve. Um, I'll just I'll quickly before we start, go through just a little highlight reel that I... Uh, that they pulled together the other day. So, represented Australia at the uh, Asia Oceana 24-hour track championships in Taipei, the silver medal in the teams event. Um, 245 k's in 24 hours at the Sri Chinmoy 24-hour track race last year. 34th overall at the Western States 100 in 20 hours and 18. Yeah, it was three weeks after the 245k two. <laughs> yeah, yeah, it's a good story which we'll get to. We'll get to hopefully. Um, First place in course record at the WTF 100 miler, first place in course record at the Hubert 100 miler, and first place in course record at the Human Hovel 100 miler. That's a pretty impressive... Oh, uh, my, my three favourite miles. Yeah, I, I, I picked those out of a very, very long list of races, and I'm, yeah, I'm, I'm impressed. So, As you can probably see, that's, that's sort of my favourite distance, Yeah, is, is that miler distance. It seemed that way. And with, with a highlight reel like this one, most people would assume you've been running for 30 years, but I can't find any results before 2014. So yeah. either you're part of a witness protection program <laughs> or you've only been running seriously for five years. Yeah, she only just started five years. Yep. So not even didn't even run prior to five years. So yep. February that year was I decided 
just to get up and decide to start running. Amazing. So um, always had a background in bushwalking. Yep. So grew up always bushwalking, but just found that that was just getting too slow. Yep. Wanted to just sort of do more and always sort of was keen to run, but just never sort of found the, the right time to um, just to do it properly or, or sort of just get the motivation to do it. And yep. yeah, just February that year, I just said to, to Penny, that's it. I'm just going to, I want to start running now. So, um, so no, no other inspiration, just just bolt out of the blue. Just bolt out of the blue, yep, I'll yep. just start running. Yep. Started with a um, just a goal of the half marathon, Sydney half marathon in May. Yep. So we booked that in in February, so that was my goal, so lock it in there. And um, so I went and did that one. And then, um, so from there I thought, okay, let's give a marathon a go. And that, that was all my goal was for that first year was I'll try those two. And then uh, a good friend of mine, um, you may know the name, uh, Craig Johnson, CJ. Yep. yep. Um, so we known each other for quite a few years. Mm. So after the Sydney Marathon, he calls me up and says, oh, I've got a race for you. Yep. So let's go do the Hume Hovel 100K, which was five weeks later. Okay. And uh, knowing me, I, I can never say no. So I went, yeah, <laughs> let's go do that. And uh, so yeah, five weeks after my first marathon, I did my first 100K. And... Um, on the drive back from Hume Hobble 100k, um, he turned around and said on the, on the, in the car on the way home, I've got our next race for us. Let's do the Alpine Challenge 100 miler. And that was five weeks after the Hume Hobble 100k. Unbelievable. So Unbelievable. that's where it all started. Nine months yeah. after I started running, I did okay. my first miler. Yep. And, um, and, and not the flattest miler of all time, the Alpine no, Challenge. Is, uh, I think it was the... Um, it was, Considered the hardest at the time. Yeah. Was uh, was that one. So no, no markings. I like the idea you had to do your own navigating there, so, yep. which is sort of a bit more of my background. Yeah. Um, Alpine's always beautiful. So um, yeah. So after the 100K, sort of leaving Harrietville, mm. it was yeah, all new territory. Yeah, yeah. But I actually found we left there, it was about two in the morning, and I feel like I just came into my own. It okay. was, I, I absolutely enjoyed that last 60K. It was just, yeah. So I know when I finished, I decided that that was something I liked. Found your happy place there yeah. somewhere. Yeah. And, and even CJ actually turned around and said, he goes, we finished? And he goes, yeah, well, I think you found what, I think you found your niche. That's that's incredible. And so it sort of, that's where it started and sort of gone from there. Yeah, incredibly steep learning curve, nine months. So yeah. How, how much fitness do you think you built up in nine months? Or was it? Um, yeah, that's, that was to date, that's actually my longest run. Yep. It took me 36 hours to do that one. Yep. So CJ and I did it together as a pair. So mm. because it was his first miler as well, yep. um, you could enter it as a pair. So, and not knowing the area, not knowing the distance, we both ran it together, which means we had to sort of start and finish together. together okay. So, um, between sort of both of us it ended up sort of being a 36 hour run. Yep. Um, and I think, yeah, my fitness was... Not quite there. Mm. Um, I was very, very uh, young in understanding how to approach a run like that. Yeah, of course. Yeah. My, my nutrition was all over the place. Mm. Um, I was finding that between aid stations, I was running out probably about 10K prior to the aid station with my energy levels mm. and like really wanting to collapse. And then sort of by the time I get to the aid station, I'd sort of bulk up. Yeah. And it sort of only lasted about two thirds to the next. And that's sort of how I found the whole, the whole process the for that one. Continued. Yeah, yeah, so, okay. Big learning curve. Yeah, um, I learned not to spend so long at uh, aid stations. Yeah, thanks to my uh, my wife who was crewing. Beware the chair. Yeah. yeah. So yeah. that first one was like 30, 40 minutes at the aid station. Mm. This is really good. Smorgasbord on the table. 
So, um, yeah, but learn after that that that's just a waste of time. Get in and out. Yeah. yeah. So, um, yeah, really sort of worked on that over the last few years. Okay. Um, but, yeah, so, but it was more the distance. Mm. So, it's, um, after that, I knew that's, that's where I, I wanted to be and yeah, sort of the sort of type of running I enjoy. And, and so prior to that February, had you done some long bushwalking stuff? Like had you been yeah, so covering I've some distance? Been walking since I was 12. Yep. So uh, I grew up in the Blue Mountains. Yep. So um, so all the trails up there, Canangra Boy, that's all my background. Yeah, okay. So, um, and I was really, I used to really enjoy trying to find the more off-trail books. So where you could navigate, um, not so much for form trails. Yep. So, and I'd done, yeah, long walks up there, um, three, four, five, six day walks. Okay. And, um, so some hills in those leagues. Some hills in those yeah, leagues. Yeah, yeah. Um, my biggest walk was actually the Larapinta Trail. Okay. With a couple of guys from work. Um, two, 250k or something like that. Yeah, two, 231k okay. end to end, yep. um, which took us 15 days. Yep. Um, we did that, it was about eight years ago, um, in September. Hmm. So that was, which was really hot too. So, um, yeah. Our third day that day was 47 degrees, um, walking with about 25 kilo packs on. Wow. So that was probably tougher than any run I've ever done. Yeah, that's heavy. That's, yeah. That's heavy. So it's, um, yeah, so the distance never bothered me. Yeah, so it's safe to say you were fit before you started running. Yeah. But yeah, okay. And have you been back and done a half marathon since, or that was your only one? Yeah. No, no, no. I've, I've, yeah, I, I, tr- I still try and do, I actually mix up with everything. So mm. I'll mix everything from say um, half marathons to marathons where okay. I can sort of fit them in often yeah. they end up being just my training runs anyway yeah. um, but I'll try and do 50k's 100k's um, so I, I, I do them more mm. but I always try and find at least a few times a year to do the big races yeah okay and, and so it seems like you have a really prolific race calendar how, how do you sort of bounce back with all those big races it's my my favorite is is i like to just keep racing i actually find with my training schedule so i have nothing my training is never sort of standard so it's um because of my shift work being 12 hour 24 hour shift work Hmm. um i can't sort of train to a certain schedule so i train all over the place so i tend to find and i actually really like it is never to really come down off a race. I like to always just sort of keep racing. Yeah, maintain so that fitness. I maintain it. So I find that yeah. it, it just it just one one race will blend into the other yeah. with regards to training. So to me, I always feel like I'm, I'm always up there hmm. with my fitness and race prep as opposed to, say, having long recoveries after a race hmm. but then needing to build back up again. Yeah, okay. So I, I tend to just stay up there. So yeah. how, how long do you think it takes you to recover from a 100-miler, for example? Like, um, 100-miler, about two days. Fitting him. Yeah. So I, I tend to find, um, I'll do the mileage if it's out of state. Yep. So normally it's that day to finish and get home. Yep. And then I usually find I'll do a run literally the next day, which is sort of, say, two days later. Yeah. Um, usually a bit hard on the legs. You can feel the sort of the tightness. Yeah. Um, I'll just usually run to whatever distance feels comfortable on that day. Okay. It can be 7Ks or I've even run a, a half marathon after a miler. Um, but then I tend to find when I wake up the next day. It's like it's a full reset on the legs. Yeah, right. So it's, and then I can just go back to normal training again. Yeah, yeah. So I've heard I've heard a few rumours of your uh, your running the next day. A few of my patients at work have spoken about your half <laughs> marathons after the hundred miler. It's just my, it's, it's baffling. My best recovery run um, would be when I did Costa Cozzi. Yeah. Um, so two hundred and forty k. Yeah. So. Usually in that race, no one does anything the next day. So all the runners just all hang around and just sort of recover. 
So my crew, who um, were really antsy and really ready to do a run, decided to run back up to the top of Kosciuszko after the presentations on the Sunday mm. and told me that I could just go and hang around at the, um, the hotel room. So I actually said, well, aren't I invited? <laughs> you can, but we're running up there. Yeah. So, uh, yeah, lo and behold, um, we all grabbed a beer each and um, put in our running packs and I ran back up to the top of Kosciuszko the next day. I had a beer on top. And we had we all had Kosciuszko Pale Ales uh, on top. Spectacular. It's, it, it's actually my my most favourite photo. So yeah. my, my most memorable photo from running is yeah. from my crew and we're just back on top the next day. Um, just celebrating from what we'd just done the, the day before. That's fantastic, mate. So it's, I don't know if I could quite do that one again after a distance like that. Yeah, but yeah, yeah. That was a couple of years ago, but yeah. Maybe if someone gave you a filter XPA, you might be able to get yourself up yeah, there. You know what? The incentive's always there. <laughs> <laughs> and I'm sure if someone um, turned around and um, put the proposal to me, I don't reckon I'd say no. Yeah, you're not real good at saying no. <laughs> no I'm not really good no. at saying no. no. <laughs> so I've heard this story once before, and it's a it's a cracker. How did it come about that you got into the Western States 100 last year? So I was on the wait list. So it was my, um, so three years of trying on the lottery. Mm-hmm. And um, so I got on the wait list um, at the, when they announced it in December. So that was 2017. Now that wait list just didn't move. So I actually had my leave in ready to go. And everyone's, when you look at the previous year, mm-hmm. At least 35 people got off the wait list and I was sitting at number 19. And, and you can see that moving online? Yes, yeah, so every time someone comes off, basically it, that person gets taken off so you, you can see you actually Jump moving up. up. Okay, yeah. Um, by, uh, I think it was by May, I was still only five people had gotten off the list. It was really slow. Hmm. Now, the year before they said at that point, there were over 20 people already off the list. Had pulled out. Yeah. Um, by April, so, but for the year I was on, only five, and it just didn't move. Mm. So come almost end of May, and I thought, oh, look, I'm not going to get into this. So um, I decided to pull my leave from Western States and actually put it on for the uh, Shri Chimroy 24-hour, yeah, okay. which is which is a quite a favourite event for me. So I've done that three years in a row. Okay. That, was, that was my first 24. Yep. Um, the next year was my 24 that I'd done my next PB, which was 220. Mm. So... Um, I wanted to go back, but if it was Western States, I wouldn't have done it. But so yeah. I decided, okay, I'll do that instead. Went in there, and it was just it was just a perfect race. Mm-hmm. So um, got a new PB. I was twenty five k personal best. Yeah. Um, so two hundred and forty five k in case you missed it earlier. <laughs> so which was really good. That was that was being able to get an A qualifier, yeah. which was my biggest goal was mm-hmm. to see if that was capable. So. Yeah. Um, so I got that fantastic. I was even won the event as well, which mm. I actually won in the last twenty minutes. Mm. Um, which was yeah. So I ended up chasing a guy named Matt Exford, who was also on the Australian team. Yep. Basically for most of the twenty four hours. Um, so it was it was a good little battle. Yeah. So we got home feeling good and wake up Monday morning and lo and behold, in my emails was you've been accepted, entered into the uh, Western States off the wait list. It's amazing. And I'm thinking, so I've literally just finished 245Ks, my legs were knackered, and I'm looking at this email saying, you can come to Western States. In three weeks' time. In three weeks' time. <laughs> Talk yourself a My wife and I, we just laughed, and we went, I can't say no to this. No, God, no. How, how long did it take you to recover from that? Um, I didn't even get a chance to recover. So yeah. because of that, I sort of, I think that week, 
I ended up doing, um, I think I did 80 k's of training that week. I think I did 120 the next week and then sort of tried to taper, which is, I was by the third week I was in um, United States by then. So I did about 40 and I could still feel it, so Mm. in the legs. Mm. And I I knew going into Western States, it was, it was, it would come out. So Mm. generally I felt good, but I knew once you actually got running and started pushing, yeah. you would feel that real deep fatigue. Yeah, and, and I've always been told the third week after a big race is your worst week. Is that right? Yeah. So it's, I believe from what other people told me, is that's where your real deep fatigue comes out. Mm. So the surface stuff's gone, yeah. but then it starts drawing out the deep stuff. Wow. And someone told me and said, never do a big race three weeks after a previous big race. Unless <laughs> it's the Western States. Unless it's Western States. So... <laughs> Bad timing, but couldn't say no. Oh, mate, that's, that's an amazing situation. Tell us about your experience at Western States. So it's um, it was a bit of a funny experience. So I went into the race. Well, I, fe- I felt good. I, th- I th- thought I felt... So I felt like I trained really well, sort of. Um, I didn't overdo it the week while I was there. Just more acclimatised to their weather. Um, just did a few small runs. Um, so I started the race, and of course, your first 6Ks is straight up the hill. To the top of Score Valley, so mm. it's like tough on the legs straight away. Yeah. So um, that wasn't too bad. And then once you get over the top, you're back into single trail, and it's sort of the speed picks up a bit. Mm. And that's when I could start feeling it. It actually felt like I'd already run the hundred miles. So literally from the start, yeah. um, probably from fifteen k's through to about forty k's, mm. my legs were just really heavy. My hips were really tight. Even you sort of expect. Mm. From um, from yeah, from basically having come off a big race. Yep. And um, I remember coming into the first checkpoint where I could have a crew, um, and it was about fifty two k. And I just said to them, "Oh look, I'm I'm feeling terrible." So I could feel I could push through, mm. but it's just going to be a tough day. Not going to be a quick day. Yep. Anyway, they uh, they basically just turned around and told me to stop whinging. <laughs> So he said, you're whinging, it's too early, you'll come good when it's when you do it. Usually I come good about 100k. That's and normally after I've warmed up. And you knew the, knew the crew pretty well, though, they can tell you Yeah, this. so um, Katie Anderson um, offered a crew for me, um, which I only met for the first time at Shree Chimnoy three weeks ago. Okay. But she was in the United States at the time. Right. So she offered a crew, So, but she sort of knew my, my style. Yeah. And just basically told me to stop whinging and just get back out <laughs> Toughen there. Toughen up. Toughen up. <laughs> Um, so off I went, yeah, no problems, tail between my legs, and, um, but funnily enough, around about 60k, the field had sort of spread out, yeah. I could go back to sort of running more on my own, mm. um, it was beautiful single trail through all the ravines there, yeah. and I just, just remember, it was almost like a light bulb had hit, and everything just switched over, mm. and all freed up, so from 60k onwards... I actually had an absolute cracker of a race. That's amazing. So yeah. um, I ended up coming into 80K ahead of what I thought was my schedule, mm. and I was behind at the 50. And then by the 100K, I was half an hour ahead of where I'd sort of set my schedule, and I just felt really good. So ran through to 130, crossed the, the big river there, yeah. um, and then picked up uh, Katie, who paced for me for the last 30K. Yeah. And basically, she just asked me, um, what was my goal? And I said, 20 hours was always going to be my goal, and that's sort of the pace I'd set it at, mm. and I was actually right on track for that. So um, off we went, and she just she paced me all the way through to that sort of goal level. And my only drawback was we got to what I thought was 30, and I was three k's out of my calculations, oh, converting from miles to kilometres. So the, the 18 minutes. 
my 18 minutes was literally that extra 3k which really? I had not calculated I thought my last I thought it was 30k from when I picked up my pace and it was actually 33 uh, but I was really happy it, it was right on the schedule that I expected yeah. right on the pace and um, I felt really really good yeah and I had a look at your splits for the... I was actually following you on the day I knew you were running that race and you just came home like a freight train through the field sort of stuff. Like you picked up people really consistently throughout the race. So I, think I, been... I think I passed about 25 people in that last 30K. Yeah, what a great yeah. motivation. That's, yeah. that's I actually awesome. have to tell Katie um, who basically just... She, she took off like it was like her quick Sunday run. Yeah. And she said, well, that's what you wanted to do. So off we went. And I said, oh, this is really good except... We just need to slow it down on the hills a little bit. <laughs> but no, really good. It was really great to just watch watch passing everybody. Mm-hmm. Um, and you could see that they were just yeah, different different levels, different pace levels. Yeah. Um, I think my favourite person I passed ended up being Carl Metzler. Yeah, right. So um, I passed him about an hour out from the finish. Okay. So um, a bit of a character, Carl. Yeah. yeah. That was, so that was a bit of a bonus. It yeah. was nice to... Yeah, that's, that's, that's brilliant. You're yeah. sort of running up at that same sort of level as him. So. Yeah, yeah, it's a nice feeling. <laughs> it's a bit of a legend of the sport, that's for sure. He so. certainly is, yeah. Yeah, oh, that's excellent, mate. So, yeah, no, it ended up being, yeah, so I came away with that feeling really good. So mm-hmm. um had no expectations because of what i come off, yeah. and I, I came away basically getting exactly what I wanted out of that race. Mm-hmm. So oh, yeah. To be able to back up three weeks after 24-hour runs quite incredible it, it tends to make me think now what was possible if yeah. I had actually hadn't had my uh, 245k legs on me so Certainly. Yeah. yeah so but maybe next time is there a next time you're going back yeah I applied um, so basically for Western States once you're in um, unless you're in the top 10 you go right back to the beginning for the lottery oh really so I'm back to one ticket again yeah. oh yeah yeah, which is like 1.2% chance of getting in. Yeah, so, wow. um, yeah, so I didn't get in for this year, but mm. I'll just keep um, I'll Play. keep applying again. Playing the game. You've certainly nice. certainly got your fair share of qualification races out there, mate. So yeah, Western States is a bit harder because it's it's um, we've now picked up three in Australia yep. um, with Blackwall, Surf Coast and UTA. Yeah. But you've sort of got to put in your mind that you've got to do one of those 300k runs. Each year, um, yeah. Which don't necessarily always fall into my sort of schedule that I like to do. Of course. But I'm lucky enough, so I had Western States last year for this year's lottery. Yeah. Yep. And lucky enough, I'm actually in UTMB for this year. Okay. So, which is a qualifier. Which is a qualifier, so that will give me my Western States for next year. Brilliant. And also give me my Hard Rock qualifier for the next two years as well. Okay. So, which is a bit of a goal for me. Oh, so, so, Hard Rock's the goal, is it? Long, yeah. Long-term goal? That's one of them. Yeah. Um, so, Barclays is probably another goal. Yeah. Um, I was going to ask you about that. Yeah. So, Barclays and Hard Rock were probably the first two overseas races that I'd actually researched way back in that first year of running, mm. yeah. before I knew of pretty much any other run. Yeah. So I actually think I knew them before I knew Western States. Does does the navigation appeal to you for the Barclays? Yeah, I like the the idea of Barclays. Is, it's that challenge. Yeah. I think it's the idea of that sort of that self navigation. Mm. It's it's raw. Um, don't worry about any of the aids, and it's just you're out there mm. pretty much on your own. Mm. Um, sort of you against the actual terrain so i reckon i must have asked a hundred people if they'd enter the barkley marathon and every one of those people said hell no <laughs> i think you're the <laughs> first, 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 first person yeah. <laughs> it's amazing look it doesn't interest a lot of people i yeah. think it's just too rough and yeah. too too out there for them yeah, yeah. but yeah i think it's for the right person yeah it's it's definitely a challenge oh, that it'd be worth doing one day i'd so. love love to see it that's Great goal. So um, yeah, so that and, and 
and basically uh, hard rock. Mm. Um, just just what that epitomises in a I think a hundred mile race and where it is. Yes. And, yeah. and again, really small field. Yep. So think of it like UTMB, but then only have one hundred and thirty people mm. running it. Mm. So yeah. it's um, yeah, spectacular. Yeah. What What else is on the calendar this year? Uh, so this year, um, so I've actually gotten next weekend, I'm doing um, a 100k run just up in the Blue Mountains, um, so it's called K2K2K, K2K, yep. so the 3Ks, so... Yeah, I've heard of this. So a lot of people do the K to K, so Kananga Walls to Katoomba, yep. which is actually normally a four day walk. Yeah, um, do it so in a day, K to K sort of, day. You do it in a day, you can walk it in a day, yep. but sort of, you can run it, so I did that two years ago um, in about eight hours. Yep. Um, Lachlan Kennedy um, came along in the next year and smashed that time. Did it in six and a half. Okay. Like, yeah. Hats off to him. That was that's a fantastic time. Mm. So I've always wanted to do the out and back. Okay. Which, um, I found out that no one's actually um, recorded a time for the out and back yet. The FKT. So, yeah. So um, myself and Ewan Horsberg. Okay. Um, we're both going to run it next weekend. Yeah. And stick together. And stick together, yes. Yeah. So we do it as a pair. Yeah. Um, Penny, my wife's going to um, meet us. So we're going to do it crude. Yeah. Um, so basically, more because the time of year, the lack of water, not yeah. sure what. Um, there's a place called Dexas Creek, about two thirds of the way out to Kananga Walls. And February can be dry with the lack of rain that we've had. Yeah. So it could end up being a lot of water carried from sort of Kananga Creek all yeah. the way to the. Um, turn around and then all the way back down to there again if we're doing it on our own yeah so crude will be nice um try and make it a little bit faster then that way yeah um, of course. but yeah so that's 100k probably about 5,000 of elevation so um so that'd be big that's it that's this this weekend or next this weekend next weekend yeah, yeah. so yeah. Not, not this weekend but next weekend yeah so um that's that's more for a fun run so it's i like yeah. to try and do he nah, doesn't he doesn't just go do it i have a few bucket list runs yeah. i like to um try and sort of squeeze in yeah which i can't always squeeze them in um, i've got a feeling i squeeze a lot into this year if that's two weeks away yeah so i didn't actually have anything in february so it was sort of like a good time to do it yep yeah um march i've got a i've decided to do a 12 hour track event not a 24 hour this time yeah so curious to see just what I can do in a 12, go a little bit quicker. Where's, um, where's that at? Uh, Canberra. So it's the Canberra 48, yep. uh, but I'll do the 12-hour yep. event down there. Yep. So um, more because I've got my qualifier as a 24, I don't have to sort of yep. feel like I need to go do another 24 to get it. And so that lasts 12 months, the qualifier? Yeah. It'll actually last two years for, for the world 24-hour events. Okay. You can use your qualifier for two years. Yep. So it allowed me to use it for the Asian last year, mm-hmm. and I can use it for the Worlds as well this year. Yeah, So um. Gives me a chance now to give a twelve hour, which I've never done, so yeah. I can get a chance to try a different, um, different pace, different pa- Yeah, a little bit quicker pace, a um, bit shorter in time. Yeah. So, what sort yeah. of have you have you worked out? Do you just sort of try and stick to an average pace, or what? How do you how do you race that? Yeah, so it's um it's it is about trying to find a good average pace that you feel you can sustain over that period of time. Yeah, and if you can keep your two halves, say six and six hour and six hour. Try and get them as close as possible to the same. Yeah. Um, some people are really good at doing that, even splits. Um, often people will have quite a positive split between first and second half. Yeah. Um, but yeah, so the main idea is to try and maintain as much as you can, sort of that even split for both of them. Yeah. What what have you? You must have a time in mind as an average pace or. Um, yeah. So for my twenty four hour, I sort of start normally with about a. Um, it's about a five fifteen average pace, yep. uh, only because it's. I think my long legs. It just I find that quite comfortable. Yeah. 
um, and then it slowly sort of slows down a bit from there. Mm -hmm. um, I'm hoping for the 12 hour, maybe to try and drop in under the, the five minute pace yeah. and just see how well I can sustain that. Yeah. For a bit of a distance, wow, so it's pretty quick. Yeah, yeah. Hours, I so. tend to find the track that's that's quite comfortable. Yeah. So it's um. So I, I did I did all right for a hundred k last year at the Ned Kelly Chase. Yeah. So um, sort of trying to use that in my head, um, and try and sort of equate that to the track, and um, yeah, just see about how long I can maintain that for. Not quite as quick as a hundred k pace, but the, the uh, it's hard to get my head around these numbers and things because <laughs> it, it's. It's simply amazing that you're doing it. Is obviously there's a besides the ability to be able to do it, the endurance that you've got, um, the mental toughness. Do you do you think you've got an edge on on the average, you know, endurance runner? Like what is there something, um, you know, do, is there is there something inside you that keeps you going? Yeah, I I just I think I find with the long distances I don't tend to it doesn't tend to get to me. So a lot of people say oh they just envisage how are they going to feel on the sort of the, the back half of a course whereas I tend to find I think once I get past that sort of 100k mark or the 80k to 100k mark I'm normally warmed up by then I feel good <laughs> we, I'm just going to stop you there we've got nothing in common <laughs> got no, I, might, I might just leave now <laughs> keep going sorry yeah. so I do I, I tend to find um, I find the first half of a mile are usually more tougher than the second half. Yeah, right. So, um, and I think it's probably a bit of both. One, I feel like my body's warmed up, but two, mentally, I feel like you're in it now. I'm, I'm back. I'm in that zone, yeah. and I'm so used to running on my own. All my training's generally on my own. So, and a lot of our races out here are quite smaller events. So, you do a miler, mm. and especially for my last three, where I uh, did the course records, mm. all three of them I run the whole time on my own. Yeah. So um, the Hubert pretty much, the only time I saw everyone else in that race was we had an out and back section at the 100k mark. Mm. So I passed about half the field coming back, and which was probably 10 minutes worth of seeing the other competitors. And then the rest of the race was just on my own. That's amazing. Which, which I actually quite enjoy. Mm. Um, the WTF miler, um, so that's a little bit different because that's an 80k out, 80k back. So you get to pass everybody coming back. Yeah, right. But so on the way out, it's just, yeah, basically, and actually on the way out, it's a bit different too, because you see all the 50 mile runners, so you see all them first, and then uh, I like that one because you could actually congratulate and you could sort of high-five everyone coming back. Cool. So, um, bit of a buzz each time. Yeah, and um, I always like to try and sort of say hello to everyone on the way back. I don't yeah. try and get too much in the zone yeah. and zone out. I yeah, like to yeah. sort of at least show everyone that I'm trying to enjoy the enjoy what I'm doing it's one of the beauties of trail running most people say g'day to each other yeah. you know? it's pretty relaxed out there I think yeah. I remember I um, actually stopped for the last person who was still heading out um, she was only at the 40k mark okay and you're on your way home and I was on the 120k coming back wow. so I actually stopped for about um, five minutes and we had a nice chat yeah um, and then she went on her merry way and I went on my merry way so it's the highlight of her day I'm sure yeah, yeah tough day ahead of she kept saying oh you've got to keep going and said look if I can't spend a few minutes to stop and yeah. encourage you and say hello and yeah. and see how you're going she, I said what's the point of being out here yeah, yeah that's right so um yeah spot on so that's that's March um April I've sort of left in the air um I had applied for a race in Japan called Sakuramisha which was a 250k road run over yeah. there, but was unlucky to not get in. It only allowed about 25 international runners okay. in a field of 100 runners for that race. Yeah. 
So just a um, lottery thing again, or pardon? A lottery thing again, or uh, uh, you apply, and it's it's the race director will determine. So he has forty one internationals applied for it, mm. and there were spots for twenty five. Okay. So, um, and speaking to some of the Japanese runners, they say it can take up to about three years to get in. To get in. Yeah. So it's um, so yeah. So I sort of had banked on that. Um, so I've actually got leave and I've got a bit of time off so you'll probably find out after your 12 hour run that you got in you know yeah so <laughs> I've been told February some people do find out in February yeah. they actually get in but I sort of have a feeling it's possibly not so um, yeah. I'm sort of looking around so April will be one of two um, Ultra Trail Mount Fuji I found actually had a second chance um, lottery so you can normally apply uh, in October or September last year, hmm. and um, you can get in, and then they do a second chance lottery in January. And it's a hundred mile around three years. It's a hundred mile, yeah. So, it's, which is sort of at the end of the two weeks I had off. So this was in the middle. So okay. it's just like a week later. Yeah. So I just put in for that, just to at a curious sake. Hmm. Um, if not, maybe another twenty four hour in Coburg. So, um, but April's sort of up in arms at the moment. Okay. Um, my first big race is May. Um, I'm doing the so the Lara Pinto that I walked eight years ago. Yeah, I've actually entered that as um, yeah. first year they're racing it this year. Mm. So I mean, as a one-off, as, as a one-off, it's an end-to-end single-stage race. Because they've done it as like a five-stage. Yeah. So two, I think about three companies have done normally a four-day, four-stage um, yeah. race, okay. but only about 120 k's total. Yeah. Um, so, which didn't really appeal to me. Mm. Um, I like the idea of once you start, that's it until you finish. Don't have to sleep in the sand or anything like that either, you know? No. So, I had been, as another bucket list, was one day getting to do that run, yeah. even as my own run, um, for an end-to-end. Mm. And then I noticed that, yeah, the um, Alice Springs Running Club have actually put on, they're actually um, doing the race, so they've decided to put in a race Fantastic. So, uh, I've been listening to you, Steve. Perfect. Third, third week of May. Yep. Um, first year for it. Um, so, yeah, 231Ks, and they're giving a 66-hour time limit on it. Okay. Which um, which I think you can come quite a fair way down on that one. So, mm-hmm. so uh, yeah, so that's that's a bit of a, a bucket list race yeah. for Australia for that one. And Sounds hot. A Sounds nice, tough. A nice distance, too. <laughs> yeah. Uh, it's hard to wrap your head around that, but a nice distance, but yeah, yeah. good. <laughs> so that's, that's May, um, June's free at the moment, um, July, I'd like to do Yu Yang's 100 miler, yep. so add that one to my other three, um, so it's the same style of sort of 100 mile race, yep. sort of not too technical, sort of quite a faster running 100 mile race, mm. um, good form trails, so which I quite like, so um, that's probably one I, that's one I haven't done yet, and I've put it in the same sort of category as my other three that I've done um, that I really enjoy. So I'd like to give that one a go in July, which yeah. I've always missed out because there's been another race on yeah, at that okay. time. Yeah, can't do it all, I suppose. Can't do it all, no. Yeah. So end of August is UTMB. Fantastic, um, yeah. So um, I got in sort of, it was my third year of trying, so you get yeah. the automatic entry from instead of the lottery. Yeah. So it's one I couldn't sort of say no to. Of course. And, um, and then uh, eight weeks later is the, hopefully... Um, I should be able to get in, so we apply in July, but it'll be the World 24-Hour Championships. Okay. So that's uh, third week of October for that one. So you've got your A qualifier, so you should be able to... Yeah, yeah. so um, so 245 is the A. Um, only John Yoon, he sits above me by 34 metres with 245. 34 well. metres. 34 metres. Wow. So, um, but yeah, unless 
five to six other people come ahead and do better times than that. Yeah. Um, yeah, so that's pretty much, it's an automatic qualifier in. Exactly. Um, yeah, unless there's six more people that have got quicker than or further distance. Looking at you, Wolf, what do you think? You can have a crack at that, mate? <laughs> <laughs> right? No. <laughs> All right, you're safe, I reckon, Steve. For the year. Beautiful. So, yeah, that's, so that's, that's sort of my year at the moment. So, um, Fantastic. And I'll probably throw in a few smaller ones here and there. Yep, yep. Oh, you, you, you tend to be incredible, you know. Yeah, it's atmosphere, just, just yeah. the location. Yeah. Um, I think the 2,500 runners probably scares me a little. Yep. Um, most of my runs or races have been with smaller amounts of people, mm. which I really enjoy. Mm. Um, but I think I'm just going to have to put that aside and look at it as the experience yeah, of, of where you're actually running. So Certainly. I was lucky enough to be there a couple of years ago to do the CCC and oh, yeah. same, started with 2,000 runners and you just, first 15, 20Ks, it's the conga line sort yeah. of stuff. So, yeah, there's not a lot of movement there, but it's not what you're there for, I no. suppose. So. so, I'm seeing that one as, yeah, I'm seeing that as the experience yeah. and the location. Yeah. Um, and beautiful alpine, like European alpine trails. Yeah, it's um, like nothing on earth, it's amazing. No. So, um, yeah, so it'll be a nice experience, that one. Fantastic. Fantastic. So, chat a little bit about your mental um, sort of prowess, I guess, with the, the long stuff. What do you think makes your body able to cope with this sort of distance, this, this regularly? Um, yeah, that's, um, that's actually quite a, quite a good question. Um, I think it's just it's just used to it. I don't over-push it. Mm-hmm. Um, I'm, I'm really good at reading my body. Uh, I, 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 that's how I do most of my training. So, I... I don't get coached. I've never been coached. Um, I don't have any sort of set training program or schedule. So I generally will train according to how I feel. Mm. So if you feel like running a marathon, you'll run a marathon. Pretty much, yeah. I'll, I'll yeah. get up and if, if it feels like it's a marathon day, training day, I'll go run a marathon. So um, it's, um, or if I want to go to the track, um, often I'll go do a track run. And um, funnily enough, I'll change my mind three or four times on the drive out there as to what I want to do. Yeah. So, um, and then when I get out there, I'll just say, I'll do that. And if it, and that's how I feel. So yeah. if it feels good, I can go ahead with that. Yeah. Have you ever had any sort of testing, VO2max testing, all that sort of stuff? Yeah. No. So no. never any, nothing official. No. So it's, but I can sort of, I'm really, so I can really tell. So I'll run very much without trying to increase my heart rate too mm. much. So I can, I tend to feel like I can really judge my heart rate quite well. And yep. I don't even have a heart rate monitor, so yeah, I, don't, I just don't use it. No, so I just run purely to feel, mm. um, and I can adjust my pace and my my push according to how I feel my heart rate's going. Yeah, and I tend to find that I can push hard, but I know at what point where it's going to be like too much diminishing returns or stuff. Yeah, yeah, where it's it gets goes the negative, and then you may need to find that it's sort of you've got to recover from that yep. um, or it gives you enough strength to then go, oh, I, can, I can do that again the next day mm. or use the next day for a nice easy run or, um, or a long run. Mm. Most of my runs are usually fairly long, so I don't tend to do any short runs. No, no short, fast stuff? No, so my short, fast stuff would still be probably minimum 10K on a track, yep. if not more. Yep. Um, most trails, 15 to 20Ks pretty much most days. Mm. Um, and I'll throw, I can throw in a 40k or even a 60k uh, long run midweek. Yeah. Um, if I'm feeling like it, if there's nothing else on. We'll talk about that one later. <laughs> or, or each, each year I, I like to do my, uh, probably one you've heard, it's, um, I do my, um, 
score my light, uh, my opera house to my lighthouse front. This is exactly what I wanted to talk about, okay. Steve. <laughs> so yeah, I, I looking through your Strava and uh, noticed a very inconspicuous run, the the midweek long run. That's all it's that's all it's titled. Yep. So what what do you reckon a midweek long run would be? I think thirty is um you know like a pretty pretty good midweek long run. And that's case. Yeah, that's. That's up there. Up there for the average bear yeah, sort of stuff. Yeah, I reckon, yeah. Yep. So, 92.1 Ks from the Opera House to Wollongong. Yeah. Midweek long run. No other fanfare, just... No, that's it. That's it. So, I call it Opera House to Lighthouse run. Yeah, yeah. So, one city to the next city. So and all, all, all road running. Yep. So, I get asked often if I go through the National Park. Hmm. Um, I don't just purely because I'd have to change my shoes. It's... Um, Going from just straight road to the trails, yeah. um, I actually quite like him it just all the one hmm. um, surface. So, um, and I don't mind running on the road. Um, how, do you, how do you find your recover? Yeah. Like, do you find the recovery longer after, um, say, ninety k's on the road as opposed to hundred k's on the trail? Like, no, um, for that that ninety k on the road, that'd just be like a, a normal training run. So yeah, I'll, I'll be back to <laughs> back to twenty k's the next day. I'll be day. back to twenty k's yeah. the next day, or, or or I'll do a trail the next day. So mm. it's um, yeah. So it's it's not too bad at all. Mm. So it's, it's it's um I like that one. I've I've done reason why I've joined. I made that one as my midweek long run, which I do once a year, yeah. um, usually around mid year June July. Yeah. Is I'll often where I am at Heathcote. I'm sort of almost halfway, so yeah, yeah. I've I've done a lot of um, well. I run into the city on a say Saturday or Sunday morning. Meet my wife in there, and we'll have some breakfast. Mm. So that's sort of that's pretty much forty two k's. It's a marathon run to the city, yeah. and or I've done um, a couple of times during the week. I'll just go from my home back down to Wollongong, which is about fifty k. Yeah, so yeah. So um, and it was two years ago I decided to just join the two together. Mm. So um, yeah. And, and running on your own, not yep. join no, anyone. No, yeah, I do try and I do put it out there, but okay. no one ever seems to want to. <laughs> what do you think? Ooh, yeah, next year. No, I I don't think I will be joining you. But no, no one seems to want to take me up on the offer. Nice to yeah. tick it off. I'm yeah. not sure I could keep up with it. I'd like to do it. Yeah, it'd be good. If you did something on the trail, I'd be more interested in a, in a trail. But uh, yeah, not so much the road. I think I don't think my knees would would hold up. Down yeah. Mount Easley, yeah, yeah. 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 Uh, it's uh, you don't do Mount Easley, so yeah. no, I go um, so I go to Helensburg, okay, to Stanmore Tops through the park, yeah, and uh, then I, I follow the coast road, yeah. yeah. And the nice thing is, um, so from Thoreau onwards, mm. there's actually you've got the bike track that yeah. runs along yeah. the, the coast, yeah. It's from so, Stanmore Park these days. Well, it's it's not fully joined, but yeah, no. I believe okay. I read that they're actually now going to extend Join that path all the way from Stanmore Tops, yeah, the whole way down to Wollongong. Yeah, so you yeah. can actually do the whole lot without ever having to hit the road. So okay. I'll be I'll be looking quicker. forward to that one. Even quicker. Do you think? Do you think your longevity um, may be due to a late start in your in in your career? How, do you mind me asking how old you are? I'm forty seven. Forty seven, yeah. Yep. So, so late start, so you've been running So start at forty two, basically. Yep. And um, which is probably yeah, so probably having a bushwalking background has probably really strengthened everything without actually it's it's non um, it's non stress bearing with walking. So I guess that was just a good whole life of building up that strength without any real stress. No impact on the knees or ankles or hips. No. Yeah. So it's um, and enough to strengthen them all up too. So yeah. um, I think that's why Trail running, ultimately, where I am, is probably about eighty percent of all my running anyway. Yeah. Um, yeah. One, I'm comfortable on the trails, um, so it doesn't. I don't have to worry about 
where I put my feet or my legs or hmm. and I do get it the old ankle roll but I tend to find I've, I had that when I was walking a lot too so you just tend to if you let it go without trying to stop it yeah. you tend to find that it may hurt a little bit hmm. but it doesn't actually do any damage yeah. so I, I sort of move that into my running so even now and then when you do find that you're running and you, you're on the wrong side of the rock and you're a bit of a roll you just tend to let it go mm-hmm. and then um bit of pain for five minutes and then it sort of just tends to just ease out so probably gets used to it pretty quick yeah, yeah. so i've never actually had like a, a like a sprained ankle or anything from running mm. um so which is good so ultimately yeah. it's yeah I've, I've been pretty lucky to be injury free mm. a few little a few little issues here and there which you sort of expect but um tend to get onto a lot of it quite early so mm. um, if you find my Achilles get tired or, or your calves without it letting go too far I'll, I will stop and um, tend to find two to three days later it's enough recovery to then go back into running again without yeah. it actually keeping me off running for weeks on end yeah I feel like your body might be on a pretty uh, quick schedule of recovery actually so yeah. there must be something going on inside there <laughs> that's that's aiding this so. yeah, yeah. I, I, I tend to find if I use do longer recovery mm. it actually feels worse for me so mm. um the more i don't get back into it um the more actually if i actually notice more and it feels horrible so okay. um, constant active recovery yes yeah. so there you go while it's lasting i might as well keep doing it <laughs> absolutely yeah do you, do you have a program that you follow like you were sort of saying that you you drive to a session you might change your mind a couple of times do you actually write a program out or no program at all. Just wake it's, up that day and go, all right, I'll feel like doing it, this, or you'll think about it the day before, but you won't plan the week out. So I won't plan my week out. It's exactly that. So I may think about the day before, the night before, yep. what I'd like to do the next day, whether it be a road or a trail run. Yep. Um, I think my shift work really stops me from actually having, to me, a set program. Yep. Um, only because it's like I do 12-hour day shifts. So on my day shifts, I'll get up at um, 3 o'clock in the morning to do my morning run which would be about eight it's only about eight k's and then i go to work and um, i won't get back from work till seven o'clock at night so it's sort of it's not conducive to do a run after that mm. um then i'm on night shift so i can do like a nice long run between my day and my night shift <clears throat> and then between your two night shifts um you can only do a small run you're sort of quite fatigued anyway and then um so and then i could sort of get four to five days off after that so it's um depending where that falls on the week or the weekend um, is what I can sort of fit in. Mm. Are you happy to, to miss days, have rest days if you feel like, you know, you're saying you listen to your body, if you feel like you need a rest, you have a day off? Or... Yeah, I very, very rarely have a day off. Yep. I do try and sort of, if I can, maybe one a week. Um, but yeah, if, if I feel good, I'll, I'll run seven days a week. Yeah. Um, but it may be that, like I'll find my day shifts, if they're only 7K runs, um, to me that's like a rest day anyway. So it's, it's very little impact mm. on, a, on a short run like that. So um, I tend to find if I do a 7K run at 3 in the morning and then go to day shift, and then you go all the way through to, say, 9 o'clock, going into the night shift the next night, it's like having 24 hours off anyway. Mm. So I feel like I've had the day off, even though I've still actually managed to put in a run. Yeah. Still that, worked anyway. That time, yeah. What are you, what are you doing for work? Uh, I work for Qantas, um, so aircraft maintenance. Right. So it's 29 years there this year, actually 29 years in three days. <laughs> so, um, yeah, so I've, I've always had shift work there. So um, so I've been doing um, seven-day shift work for 29 years now. So mm. you yes. just get you get used to it yeah. um, and you, you learn to work your whole life around that anyway. So and that's all I've done with my running. I've just, I've just learned to sort of fit it in with 
with that sort of scheduling. Do you think that the shift work plays into your ability to do these long runs? Do you think you, you know, you've been up at three o'clock in the morning to, to run, you're running at midnight last night that we've seen? Does it, does it train you to be able to run at all times of the day and is that a benefit to you? To, to feel it, I, I wouldn't know any different, but yeah. I'd, I'd say it must. Yeah. Like I can, a lot of people I know will, um, will run all their runs in the morning. Yeah. It's just their schedule, it's what they're used to. Um, whereas I find, I'll run at any time. Mm. Um, I actually don't even like keeping all my runs at the same time. So I might find you yeah, three in the morning, yeah. um, yesterday, midday, um, and then decided at midnight last night because um, I, I felt like I felt good. Who doesn't? Um, Who doesn't feel good at midnight for a run? Mm. So I'll, I'll go for a run. So I haven't run all day today because that was sort of midnight last night. But <laughs> when I get home from this, I'll go for a, just a, a nice 12K road run yep. after this. And then um, I'll wake up tomorrow morning and do. I'll do my sort of weekly long run tomorrow morning. Yep. So I might do about a 30K tomorrow morning. Okay. And then I'm back to work on Sunday, so I'll be back to a, a short day run there. But squeezing it in any any way possible. Yeah, it's but it, it, I, I think it does help. Mm. I don't mind being up late at night. Mm. Um, I don't mind pushing at three in the morning. Um, so I, I, I'd say shift work has really helped there. Yeah. Um, I'm, I'm sure mentally, mentally and physically that's got to play a yeah. part. It's got to help. So good, I, good I listen to a lot of people in the 24-hour track runs, and they often say that they suffer big time. It's all that witching hour three in the morning, mm-hmm. but um, I tend to find once you get past, um, to me it's about probably about two o'clock. Once you pass two, it's like a whole new day. Yeah. Mm-hmm. So up until about sort of midnight to two is probably the the slowest two slowest hours. Mm-hmm. Um, but then you can pick up after two, and it's sort of you're running into like almost like a whole new day then. Great psychology. I love yeah. it. Yeah. I love it. Keep going and the, the new day will start. The new day up. will start, right. yeah. I've got some exciting news, Steve. There's an opening at our running club, Norg. Have you heard of us? Uh, you can lie and no, say I yes. Haven't. Yes. Yeah. Yes. No. Yes. So, so Norg is the night owl running group. Okay. And uh, we're drinkers with a running problem. So basically on Thursday nights, we normally get together and have a jog in the national park or somewhere, normally, yep. you know, around Heathgate or Loftus or wherever, and uh, just get, go do eight, eight or so Ks yep. and have a beer after. So it's just a social thing, get together. So that's the warm-up and then you head out for the big run. Yeah, well, that's, <laughs> okay, that's exactly sorry. right. Yeah, yeah. So, you could. Yeah, you could. Some would, some would, not us. So uh, we hit, up, hit up Scouters Mountain last night, actually, or whatever you call it, just around Heathcote. That was uh, that was our run last night. Okay, so, yeah. yeah and do nice. you, you cut down the little cut track, little single to, track down there, back down to the uh, pipeline? Yeah, we did. Yeah, yeah spectacular. It's a good, it's a good little loop that one. Yeah, it was very good. Yeah, some good, good, good little elevation in a short, short yeah, space of time. Yeah. There. Bit of mm. bit of climbing involved. It was it was nice. Speaking of Heathcote, I've got to listen to the question. Okay. So this is for you, Steve. Okay. Uh, so to listen, the question is from Michelle Hangy. I'm not sure that's the right pronunciation for the, the surname. And Michelle wants to know if it's okay to run in tights. What What are your thoughts, Steve? Oh, running tights? Yeah, look, most females you see, summer or winter, um, they're always in running tights. I think it's just, it's comfortable for their body. Um, it's, yeah, it's... You just tend to, that's what they tend to wear. So I can't see that being a problem for um, if a female would like to run in tights. Um, yeah. Yes. Um, I think that's, that's the norm these each days. Each to their own. Each to their own, yeah. yeah so each to I, their own, that's exactly right. Yeah, I, yeah I, 
Perfect, yeah. Perfectly put. Perfectly put. Yeah, yeah I agree. Yeah, so Michelle, keep running in tights. I think that's fine. Yeah. Um, yeah, no, nothing unusual about that. No, I agree. No, good agree. question. Good question. I've got a couple of, I guess, simple logistical questions as well. Um, I reckon the listeners would like to know how many pairs of shoes you're going through in a year running all those Ks. Pairs of shoes. Okay. Um, I think in the last... So I've been using sort of hockers in probably for about the last three and a half, four years. And I think I'm up to close to 30 pairs in the last four years. Okay. That's so, a serious habit. Yeah. <laughs> sponsor? Have you got a sponsor? No, no sponsor. That would save you a lot of money, wouldn't it? Oh, it, it would. Yeah. But um, yeah. I must say, Ronella do look after me. Oh, that's and, good. Um, I yeah. buy... I, Pretty much buy all my shoes from Ronella. Yeah. Uh, so um, Sean down there. Sean's a good man. Yeah. Sean and Jenny. They're um, yeah, they're great people. So yeah. that's good. He um he dragged me away from um from other running shops um back sort of four years ago when he was only just getting into the sort of the trail side of his shoe running and he said he knew that he was losing business to some of the bigger ones in the city. Yep. And just said, look, whatever you want, honestly, I can get it in for you. So, yeah. Um, so what? So you just run in hockers. And, and what's yeah. your preference for, for running trail? What, so, which, which preference model? is, um, so I wear the Clifton's for the my road shoes. So that's that's my go-to road shoe. Yep. Um, I actually got my very first pair of Bondi 6s um, this year, which I actually must say, quite nice. They've come a long way and a really nice sort of recovery road shoe. Um, but generally, yeah, all my running, all my, um, my track running, my road running is all done in uh, Clifton's. And for the trails, um, it's basically the challenges, the ATRs. Pretty much the Clifton for which the trail, is, isn't which it? Which is the Clifton saying. for the trail. So yeah, yeah. They, they both have exactly the same feel. Yeah. Just one's better for the trail and one's for the road. Yeah. And um, sort of my sort of training shoe, um, I also have a pair of Speed Go 2s yeah. as well. Um, and then I have a couple of others like Speed Instincts. Um, yeah. I tend to find they're nice if you feel like wanting to feel the trail a bit more. Mm-hmm. Um, they're a little bit thinner. In their um, in their midsole. Yep. So um, if I just want a bit more of a feel on the feet, yep. um, instincts. Instincts are really nice. Yep. Um, so it's I don't think they make them anymore. So I've actually got a couple of pairs that sort of I'm just sort of running through yep. before they run out and mm-hmm. have to find another sort of uh, lower pair. But um, can't use them for racing. I tend to find they're good up to about thirty k. Yeah. And then you sort of you start feeling a bit too much in the feet. Mm-hmm. Um, but yeah, so challenges I can go as far as I want to go with them. Um, really comfortable. I don't have to change them in a race, so I can put them on and just leave them on for the whole the whole time. So I it's, find the same with the Cliftons too. So I'll put a pair on on the track and I won't touch my feet. Yeah. Okay. Um, for the whole sort of twenty four hours on the track. Yeah. They go right mowing the lawn afterwards too. Like yeah. Man, so thirty pairs. Um, you must have a few lawn mowing shoes. So I, I have a big container full of old shoes. <laughs> I'm going to have to donate them at some point to some of these uh, those the shoe donators. Yeah. But uh, funnily enough, yeah, my shoes that I just wear to and from work are actually my very first pair of Cliftons. Yeah. Uh, they were Clifton two. And I reckon they must be somewhere up around about two and a half thousand k's on those shoes. <laughs> They're falling the bits, but they still are good. good They're still good. As you can see, um, even my just everyday shoots, um, uh, the Clifton, the um, Hocker Hupanas. Yeah, right. They might. They're my daily shoe. It sounds like we might need to contact Hocker and yeah. you know, sort something out. Yeah. So yeah. uh, now they're a good shoe. Look, I've, I tried a few other pairs when I first started. Um, North Face shoes, Salomon, um, Innovates, um, which they're all good in their own right. Um, 
But when I started into the long racing, mm. um, I found each of them had their own little issues. Yeah. And then I sort of came into the hawkers and, um, yeah, it's, they take a bit to get used to because of their style. Um, you tend to have more strength. You need to build more strength up in your to, ankles for them. To get over the top. Uh, you get a little bit more roll. So mm. instead of using your feet for your stability, it's your ankles tend to become your stability. Mm. So um, I think it's why a lot of people find that they have a lot of um, sort of rolling issues when they first get into hawkers. Yeah. But once you can get past that mm. and you build up that strength in your ankles, mm. yeah, they just it just worked perfect for me. So coming from bush walking, you're gonna have that strength there. Yeah, right? so mm. that's yeah. that's right. So um, and that's sort of what I've stuck to um, yep. since then. I think once you find something that works, yeah, it's spectacular. Um, yeah, that's good. So we've got a um, a competition, and uh, it's to give away a box of goose. Oh, do I win? Um, oh, okay. we, you, well, <laughs> well, actually, you, you could you could win quite easily. So it's based around your um, your kilometres that you run for the month of February. Okay. So the competition, it's a guessing competition. It's what yep. we, we like to do. So the listeners, what we are encouraging them to do is guess how many k's that you're going to run for the month of February. Okay. And the only. Um, restriction or requirement is that they get their answer in by the 20th of february yep okay and it sounds like you couldn't even help somebody with your own planning and no you're so so ad-lib i think you'd uh you'd have trouble guessing your own winning your own competition so you should go in it yep um <laughs> so so um yeah so so what so just to clarify basically guess how many k's you're going to do for the month of feb get your um get your answer in by the 20th of feb and um we'll to our facebook page to our facebook page yeah. running matters podcast and uh the person with the closest guest with the kilometers wins a box of goose nice. and um and of course you're you're welcome to enter that competition okay yeah it would be frowned upon if you won yeah but yeah you know. i probably wouldn't because <laughs> <laughs> yeah. i wouldn't be able to help myself yeah. <laughs> that's right. I'll, I'll pick a distance and i'm sure i'll change it yeah yeah that's right your wife's there going, yeah, yeah. I can imagine. I can imagine. <laughs> so Especially if I have to put in a uh, a distance by the twenty. By the twenty. So yeah. That yeah. gives me too many days afterwards to change it. Yeah. Too much variation. Do you, yeah. do you do you take many gels in while you're running or? Um. Yeah. So I I, I mix. So I, I do use goo. Um. Uh. And also I picked up. So I use a bit of sis as well. Mm-hmm. Um. And one I picked up lately is the pure. Um. Yep. Gels. Um. Which is just basically pure fruit natural so it's full full natural and um so i sort of pick them up as well which i try and save them for my racing now yeah more just because they're on the sort of more expensive side so Mm. i tend to not use them in my just daily training Mm. um but yeah look um tailwind's one thing i use a lot Mm. so i tend to find so anything up to say probably a uh, half marathon training just a bottle of tailwind will be fine for me yeah it gives me enough Anything over that, I'll probably say have one soft flask of my tailwind, 500 mils, and I might probably take a, um, a gel with me, yeah, yeah. Um, which would sort of do up to about 30. Um, anything above that, then I'll probably go through sort of maybe a gel, some chews, and um, I do like um, the date bars. <clears throat> so I use one called uh, a Larabar, which um, I get in from America. Mm-hmm. So it's, um, and it's just, again, another pure natural. So normally it has very minimal um, ingredients in it, so... Yeah. Yeah, not much processed stuff no. there. So there's yeah. one they call it um, their uh, salted caramel, and it's 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 basically just dates, 
um, peanuts and sea salt, and then it's just there's nothing else in it. How can you lose? Perfect. So it's it's nice. They they're not quite as dry as the Cliff Bars, mm. which I don't mind having them before. Like if I go out for a big training run, I can have one of them beforehand. Mm. But I find them quite hard during the. Yeah, it's like eating chalk on the run. It's yeah. A bit tough. Whereas the the Lara Bars or the Date Style Bars, and there's a couple of brands out here that also like you got One Foods and um, Blue Dinosaur, same idea. Mm. Um, they're a lot more sort of moister, so a mm. little bit easier to palate. Yeah. While you're running, so. But um, I tend to I do tend to try and have a bit of nutrition when running. I think it sort of helps when you get into the big the long runs. Yeah. Yeah, yeah, that it's it's you're used to that. Hmm. Um, bit different to someone who does a lot of say half marathons or marathons or stuff. Their idea is, I guess, it's to try and run hmm. without the use of it of and how far they can go. So, um, which often if you do that in training and then you want to go do big long runs, one sort of counteracts the other in the end. Hmm. Yeah, that's right. What, what, what about outside of the run? Any sort of specific uh, nutritional stuff? You, you lean on the paleo side or the vego side? Yeah. Or... Um, funny you should ask that. Um, I actually went vegetarian um, April last year. So with, um, with the help of my wife, um, she's, who's been vegetarian for over 18 years, yep. and, but I wasn't. Um, she did a lot of research for me and it came out and actually saw the benefits of going vegetarian mm. as long as it was a good sustainable diet yeah um so i must say penny does really well look after me yeah good and gives me a really good diverse vegetarian diet and it's it's probably tending to be more towards the vegan side where we can Mm -hmm. but it's not specifically vegan so i'll still have things like um greek yogurt um, feta cheese i'm happy to have eggs Mm. so it's it's not like um i can't have them um but if we can make a meal that doesn't need to have that in there we do that and it's I found as soon as I cut the meat out, um, my whole sort of running changed. Mm. And it, it changed for the better, actually. So it's, I tended to find, I, I found I lost about two to four kilos straight away. Mm-hmm. Um, and it's, it's, it was almost like it was unnecessary kilos. So yeah. it's... Um, well, obviously so, it was if you're able to sustain these races and recover in two yeah. days. You know, you're not doing anything wrong there. So... I find my energy levels a lot more um, more consistent now. So yeah. there's there's less spiking in your energy levels. Um, it can tend to take me further. Yeah. Um, I now find that I actually have less in a mile of race than what I would have before. Um, I can even actually tend to find that um, I don't need so much real foods now running, yeah. whereas before with my old diet, I tended to really crave a lot more real food throughout, I'd say, a mile of run. Yeah. I can now go more towards just that race nutrition and it, it's enough to keep me going the whole lot with just a little bit at the aid stations. And I find recovery is really even even quicker again to what it used to be. Mm. So um, Less inflammation quite probably. So, yeah. yeah. So where it might have taken sort of nutritionally in my body maybe two to three days to recover. So I'd always crave a lot um, in my old diet. Um, I find with the new diet, um, I'll do a mile of run I'll have a nice sort of splurge that night and then I want to get back to being healthy eating the next day and I find that my body feels good straight away. Yeah. So it's um yeah, so it was it was a bit of an experiment and it seems to seems yeah. to work really well. There you go. Another one for Team Veggie Wolf. Yeah, yeah. Yeah. Very good. There's a few listeners out there that'll be very pleased with that, I'm yeah. sure. It's yeah. um I just heard a penny drop for Paul Hadfield. <laughs> <laughs> you can I relax, st- Skippy, you're safe. <laughs> I still like to be top of all the food chains. <laughs> <That's right. laughs> <laughs> so it's, it's it's nice to be able to go that way but not feel like 
I had to cut meat out. Yeah. It was just, it was more of a lifestyle. It was more something to do with my training. So yeah. it's, um, I, I, people cook it. My whole crew at work, they, we have our barbecues every, every second, second night shift yeah. and they cook up their big steaks. Like all still smells beautiful, yeah. but I just find I just I just don't need it. Yeah. While I'm doing what I'm doing, so it's um. For sure. Yeah. You and tick I've, all the other boxes. Why not one more? You know. Yeah. Yeah. So yeah. it's um and has some pretty good meals. Penny's made me some pretty good meals in the last um almost year now. So. Yeah. And she's always coming up with new um new ideas. So um I'm more than happy to try all the new ideas. Yeah. So. I'm sure you go through a bit of a uh, bit of fuel there. So. Yeah. yeah plenty <laughs> of opportunity to eat some eat some new ideas there. Oh, definitely. Yeah. Very good. Um, I've got a couple of questions for you. Firstly, what do you think of the beer, the the XPA? Does, does that taste alright? It's actually quite nice. Yes. Yeah. Have you had it before? No, I haven't had it before. I've heard about it when I've listened to a couple of your podcasts and yeah. um and sit on your Facebook page, but um yeah, it's actually um it's quite a nice easy drinking beer. This one. Beautiful. And uh, next question was was twenty fourteen the last time you did the six foot track? Was it that far back? Well, I don't. I've only know. done it once. Yeah. So, yeah, I think yeah. it was twenty fourteen. Yeah. Go through your stats there. 2015. 2015. 2015. And what was, do you remember what time you did? Oh, okay. That's going back a fair bit. Was it, um, was it in the high fours? I don't know. Would you, uh, would, can you see yourself going back and doing that again or is it too short? Um, yeah, it just, it doesn't, it just seems to be a lot more out there. Um, as opposed to a lot of, it's almost like a lot of energy just for that. I tend to see the six foot more as I could just go out and run that that yeah. track mm. and just enjoy the run on that track anyway. Mm. Um, yeah, so it's it's um, it's a lot of work for that one race. Yeah, that's probably why I've never actually really pushed to go back to it. And I think because there's just so much else out there. Yeah, um, oh, I tend to find like I, I do like a few of the smaller ones, but I just find it really hard to sometimes try and fit in mm. them in the schedule. Yeah. So. Case in point, uh, a marathon. So my only real official marathon on the road was my very first one back mm. in the first year of running. Yeah. Um, I've done the Running Wild uh, Trail Marathon twice. Uh, actually, three times I've done that one. Um, and I've really enjoyed that because mm. it's, it's, I think it's, it's a good sort of training um, race, that one, mm. which is probably a bit like six foot. But um, that one I tend to find it's just a good one that you can just sort of enter a week out and just go and enjoy. Yeah. <clears throat> um, but I've really wanted to like go back and do a nice road marathon again. Mm. But funnily enough, I have not been able to find a time to fit one in. So it's, it's a pretty tight schedule there, yeah. Steve. So yeah. You'd have to spend a bit of time getting into that that idea of speed again, wouldn't you? Like Oh no, it's it's there. Yeah. So um so I I've I've done just for a training, um, midweek training run, I did a a marathon on the track mm. one day. It just I went up there, um, Barton Ridge. Felt really good. I got up there at five and decided to knock out a marathon, yep. which was um, my best time as a 2.55 marathon. Yeah, for yeah. three hours. Did you just go one way the whole time? Yeah, one way the whole time. Yep. yep. So, um, dizzy. But as my friends say, that doesn't count because it wasn't in a race. So. <laughs> <laughs> I, oh, I'm happy to stamp it as official. Yeah. That's cool. So, um, but yeah, like I've half marathons, like I've done my best on the track again as a trainer. Mm. Um that was a 79 minute um, half marathon mm. and but I have managed to do I did last year I did um, the um, the Homebush Bay half marathon um, 
last year, which was my best actual official, which was um, 80 minutes and I think 14 seconds. So there's some speed there. Yeah. yeah. So it's... Um, We're okay. So that's, and that's why I, I've got it and I, I reckon it'd be nice to give it a go mm-hmm. officially. Mm-hmm. Uh, it's just managing to find somewhere where it would actually fit into the schedule. Yeah. Mm. I'll get in there eventually. I'm sure. All right. Um, uh, just one more question from me. I, I've got a couple of guys in our Norg running group stepping up to be a hundred k guys. They're calling themselves hundred guys all year. Yep. Have you got any tips for some newbie hundred k, hundred miler races? Yeah. Um, don't be scared of them. Hmm. Just it's a hundred k, even a hundred mile races. Um, it's you don't have to go in there deciding that it's got to be like a full on marathon speed race. So it's as long as you go in. Knowing it's going to be more of an adventure and a journey, uh, especially if it's your first one. Mm. And that's how I saw my first two. So I went in with no expectation um, and just sort of embraced it and just enjoyed it as a, as a journey and, and basically used that first one to learn. So um, I, I learned a lot in my first two, um, which I took away and then um, went back. And that's what made me go back and change a few things each time. But um, yeah, it's just, just go and enjoy them. Mm. Um, you do probably need to step up your training just a little bit, just to um, so five and ten k runs probably. Not cutting it anymore. You probably need to sort of throw in throw in a good good long run each week. Yeah. Um, it doesn't have to be like forty k long runs. I mean, your long run would always be um, stepping up from what your standard runs are. So if your standard runs are ten k, then look at say um, a twenty five to thirty k long run, hmm. um, which is which is acceptable. Hmm. Um, and also maybe look at training where you'd like to go and run. So if, if you're looking at, say, the mountains or somewhere close by that you can do it, mm. sort of get to get the feel of a course. Or um, if it is further away, maybe just train on, on the terrain that's fairly similar yep. to what you're going to be used to. So don't sort of stick to all your training on the road if you want to go do a, a trail 100k. Yeah, of course. <clears throat> good advice there you yeah. go, judge and pup. Yeah. 100 some, guys. Some good advice there. If you want to do a good 100k... Hume Hovel. Okay. That was that was my first, and it, I still sort of hold a holds holds dear to me. Um, that one. It's, Is that October? That's in October. Yeah. Um, it's really well set up. Yeah. Um, the style of it's really good for a first hundred k. Um, it's it's basically your start finishes at the same location, hmm. and you do an out and back for your first forty, and then you do an out and back for your next sixty. Okay. And it's so it's you get to know the terrain a bit twice, um, and the way that that works is the aid stations are really well set, um, set up, mm. and it's just it's in a beautiful location too. So that in itself will just make it enjoyable for doing that as a hundred k. And they've got a hundred miler, obviously there. And they've well. got a hundred miler as well. Yeah, I'm feeling a bit inspired. Hundred <laughs> miles. What do you reckon? Oh, I'm inspired good, to watch. It's a good hundred miler, and it's, it's a good time to beat if you like. Yeah, yeah. Uh, it's it's there for the taking. Oh, please. <laughs> <laughs> They're always there for the taking. Yeah, yeah. Or someone else. Definitely. Yeah. yeah. <laughs> no, it's, that, they make a beautiful hundred miler as well. So yeah. it's um, it's yeah, it's it, they're just a good setup. So the way, especially with the way their aid stations work. So, hmm. I mean, I, I do them generally um, self-supported. So um, for something like the Hume Hovel. It's your you got one place called the the Pines um, checkpoint, and so for the miler you actually go through that three times. Hmm. So you're going through it at about seventy five k, about one ten, and about one thirty. Some gear there. So it's nice that you only need one drop bag that covers all three. Hmm. So um, it's it just makes it sort of 
logistically, if you're still if you're on your own, it's really easy to work out. Mm. You just know you put everything in that one bag, yeah. and it's it's you can have it earlier or later without having to think about do I put it at different checkpoints mm. along the way. There you go, solved. Excellent. Might have to check that one out. Yeah. Thank you very much for your time. It was um, my pleasure. Yeah, it was invaluable, and uh, it was great hearing your story. And it's been good chatting to you, Hattie. Thanks for coming in. Thank you very much for uh, for having me. And this is a bit of a first, so um, yeah. Cool. Have you been on any other podcasts or no? No, no you guys it? are the first to um, ask me for this. So. It's an exclusive. Exclusive. Yep. There you go. Fantastic. Cool. Fantastic. Um, I'm sure there'll be others chasing you. You know, yeah. following um, your progress. I've got to say it's. A bit nicer talking it this way. It's a bit more relaxed. Yeah, that's I've, right. I've had having, one a, other, having a beer while you're... Having a beer, yeah. yeah. I've, had, I've had one other talk. I was asked by the, the running movement to talk at one of their UTA um, information nights, which is a little bit more daunting because it was um, in front of a whole bunch of people. Yeah. And basically it was just like the floor was opened up to you. Mm. So it's, yeah, so really know, really hard to know how to start on something like that. Yeah. So it's... um. Well, I was there that night and I was inspired to have another chat. So you must have done okay, Steve. Yeah. Thank you very much. Yeah, yeah. No, it's a beautiful, really nice relaxed atmosphere, this one. So I've enjoyed it. Oh, that's good. And um, if any any of our listeners want to follow you, you're on Strava. Yep, on Strava. Yep. Um, Facebook, Strava, so either one, fine. Stephen Redfern. Yep. Yep. More than happy to one. And more than happy to if anyone wants any questions. I often get asked. Um, just with my running and um, recommendations so yep. I, I enjoy really love giving people some advice with that and good especially with the trails local trails where I am so good it's something about trail runners aren't they yeah, they're, they're a nice, they're a nice, bunch. nice yeah. bunch of people yep well again thank you very much for your time great to catch up great to meet you and um, we'll see you um, at the next Norg Handicap on the trails yep. yeah alright see you later thank you very much thank you.